This is 680 CJOB. Welcome to the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Today, in the second half of the show, I'm talking with Nils Vic and Vanessa, the owners of Parlor Coffee and Little Sister Coffee. But up first, Betty from the super popular BMC market located at 722 Osborne talks about their journey to Canada and why they opened their restaurant. Betty, welcome to the show today. Let's start by talking about your journey to Canada and how you ended up in Winnipeg. Okay, we've been here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. We lived in the States for seven years. And once my husband said, you know what, I'm not happy here. I want to look something different. And he said, Canada. And I say, oh, no, 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 forget it. It's too far <laughs> from home. I don't want it. And then next day he said, you know what, we need to talk about it. Okay. And he was pointed the good things about the Canada life. Mm-hmm. And after a while, while, I agree with him. And we de- decided to come to Winnipeg. We picked this city. It's not the big one. It's not a small one. And we thought that it was the right place for our kids, for rice our kids. Yeah. And I think we did great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Winnipeg's a really nice, yeah. really nice city. I'm some, the winter can sometimes... Put a little shock and awe into people. Oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise every that. year that my husband, okay, you know what? I won't complain about the weather. I know the weather is okay. I can handle and blah, blah, blah. But just started and start complaining. For me, the hardest part is driving. That mm-hmm. is my complaint. Other than that, I'm okay here. Like driving in the winter or driving? Yes, oh, driving yeah. in the winter. Yeah, it's a little yes, rough, right? When it's very slippery. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I'm very happy. I think we did the right choice. We have two kids, and they are doing great. Okay, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about BMC Market. How did that come about? Maybe you can explain first what it is. Okay, BMC Market is uh, we uh, how is the name? We started as a market six years ago, mm-hmm. and when it started, we say, you know what? Maybe it's not the many Mexican population here. But then we say, okay, we try something small and go from there. Mm-hmm. And after one year, we start thinking about do something different. We want to add something special to our market. And it's why we did with the tacos. And right. we decide to start doing that after two years. And now in October, we'll be four years making tacos. Okay, so the first year you were importing Mexican goods, right? Like food yes. and stuff for food and some uh, souvenirs. Okay, so what made you decide? Of course, you guys wanted to branch out into something else. So why food? Why tacos? Why did you decide why to? Why tacos? Yeah. As a Mexican, tacos is a huge thing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can live without tacos, <laughs> and it's something that we were missing in town, and we decided to start doing without. Uh, marketing something small we thought that probably we need to start with something real mexican and maybe we need to have like a tex-mex menu but then we say you know what no it's just that real mexican stuff mm-hmm. and it's why just we serve the tacos in the way that we do yeah they're very good very simple and we made the tortillas there which is i think is good mm-hmm. okay so when you decided to branch over into food, you guys were doing, at one point you were doing both, right? You had the market open and you're, you're making food at the same time, right? Yes, we did that. But then we decided to go more for the um, tacos, for the food, for the kind of building that we have. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough room for both. 
Right. So uh, I, I, I guess the, the tacos were working out so well that they just kind of took things over, right? Yes, so very well. Away with the market and use the stuff that you were mar- bringing in to make your tacos, right? Yes, but now it's just for for us, we don't sell that much. It's yeah. just some salsas and some candy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's talk about the food. Because, okay. hey, that's why you're here for food. <laughs> um, so well, let's talk about the type of tacos you make first. You make a, a few different kinds, right? Yes, we make just uh, seven different kinds of tacos. Yep. And it's very simple. We do in the way that we do at home. It's just a corn tortilla. We use a little bit of flour. and But also we have the gluten-free option. Mm. Just that people need to ask for that. Yep. And those tortillas we don't make in in BMC. Right. Those are just the package one. Right. Flavor is totally different. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have the tacos. We have the chorizo, uh, which is the Mexican style sausage. Yep. We have pastor, which is the pork with pineapple and onion. Mm-hmm. We have a chicken, is a tinga, and it's chicken cooked with onion and cabbage. Yep. And we have rajas, with is the no meat option. And those are the three for five dollars. Okay. And we made the tortillas in the store. Right. Then we have another option with this three for six ninety nine, which is barbacoa, is the um, beef, and yep. we have the carnitas, is the pulled pork, and the carnitas uh, we decide to go with that, and we prepare in the way that we do in my hometown mm-hmm. is our principal or the main dish in my hometown. Okay. And it's why we do like that. We don't use an extra sauce, how they do here. Like they put the um, maple sauce or barbecue. No, yeah. it's just how we do back and, home. Yeah. And all, right. So you explained to me before that there's no lettuce or tomatoes and uh, no sour cream and all that no. stuff in there. That's not how it's made back no. home, right? That's not authentic. No, it's authentic. We use that, but not in this kind of tacos. This right. kind of tacos is just with onion, cilantro, and salsas. And you can pick the salsas from our different choices. Yep. We have four different choices, which is the mild, the medium, and the hot. And the medium, <laughs> we have both the, the green and the red salsa. What's, what's the difference between the green and the red? The green one is made with a green tomatillo. It's a special tomato that we have at home. Yeah. Yeah. Taste difference-wise? Yes, I like the flavor. It's a little bit sour, and it's, I think it's hard to describe the flavor. The, of the green one we're talking? It's the green one. It's a little yes. bit sour? Yes, mm. but it's sour, good, good sour. Yep. And we combine with the onion and garlic and cilantro. Yep. Yeah. Mix it all up, and it's good. <laughs> yeah, the cilantro. And I don't understand when some people say that cilantro tastes like a soup, soap. Really? Yes, but I don't know. I grew up with that flavor, and I don't find that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I don't find that either, but I guess either you like it or you don't, right? Yeah, exactly. If someone wants it without cilantro, can they have it without? Yes, you can pick with cilantro or with without cilantro and without onion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, when you eat the tacos, don't forget to put some lime. That is the special I know, I, I nearly broke one. that rule, didn't I? <laughs> 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 you got in trouble there. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, that is a special thing for the taco. No, it's awesome. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back with more from Betty from BMC Market on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJO. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. If you're looking for a place where you can enjoy tasty, authentic tacos made fresh to order, 
BMC Market at 722 Osborne is the place. Betty, as well as great tacos, you make awesome quesadillas. So let's talk about those. The difference between the taco and the quesadilla mm-hmm. is the quesadilla has a milk cheese, the mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese. Yep. And we can ha- you can have that with the meat or without meat. Okay, is it is it the same meats that go inside the, the tacos? Yes. Like same ones? Yes. Okay. And also for the tacos, we have the special ones just for the weekends, the lengua. Oh, okay. Let's, explain, <laughs> the beef let's talk tank. about that. Yeah, it's a beef tank, mm-hmm. and it's just a beef tank. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a special flavor. Uh, I love the, fl- the flavor. It's, the texture is different, but it's very yummy. Mm. I'll give that a go. Um, what are the recipes from your tacos come from? The recipes. I make my own, but I took some advices from my grandma, my mother-in-law, my mom, yeah. and I make my own ones. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the, I combine those, them. Those three are back in in. They're back home, Mexico. <sighs> my mom and my grandma. Yes, they are in Mexico, mm-hmm. and my mother-in-law. She's in the states. I gotcha. Okay. Um, how do they feel about you guys uh, opening a restaurant here? Have they? Have they given any advice or, or know that you guys have a restaurant here? That's what you do? Yes, always. Uh, I remember when I was uh, little, uh, my grandma used to sell food. And I saw her, how she did things. Mm-hmm. And I think now, uh, always when I do something, I remember those days. And I saw her that she was working hard, yeah. making things. And yeah, I think I do from them. And always they are very proud of us what we are, what what we are doing here yeah yeah I, um, I think we are in the right path we are doing good things we showing how is the mexican food mm-hmm. the real mexican food right very simple but very tasty right now, speaking of which, um, your daughter works at the restaurant also, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and what does she do there? Oh, she's doing great. She's my little manager, and she's learning a lot of things. Yeah. And right now, she's over there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. She's probably learning the same lessons that you learned from your grandmother, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I see her, and I picture myself in the back days when I did the same like my my. I did the same with my grandma, mm-hmm. and always she let me do it. Mm-hmm. I was for me, it was like having fun, just playing, but also I could help her. And maybe now all those things that I learned in that time that I was playing, right, and doing here, right, I had no idea that you were actually learning things because yes. it was just kind of no. fun hanging out. Yeah, and, it was so fun, right, and you realize it now. Yeah, and also I remember for me it was an honor when when my grandma said, "You know what." You are in charge of the money. <laughs> that was that's the fun awesome. part. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think with my daughter, it's the same. When we started six years ago, she was eight years. Yeah, eight years. And they were fighting with my son mm-hmm. because she always say, no, 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 the teller is mine. <laughs> and she is still like that. And she can handle very well. You know, it's a lot of pressure. Work in the restaurant when it's full, when everybody's on rush, they are hungry. Mm-hmm. We have to do things fast as we can. And she can handle the pressure very well. Mm. And uh, she put the attention in details and she knows what go next. Right. Yeah. Probably watches you and learns that from you, right? You guys, that's how you guys run the business. So, yes. you know, just, just follow I think suit. she's learning good things. Yeah. And she feels so proud of our uh, business mm-hmm. always my, my son and myself we're bagging, bagging head and say you know what 
maybe you can take the business career, right? Yeah. And she said, no, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She says that now, but we'll see yeah, what happens later, we'll right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, uh, but that leads into my other question, which is with the popularity with, of your restaurant. You know, word of mouth is getting, you guys have been there for four or five years now. Uh, yeah, with the restaurant is uh, close to four years already. Right, so during lunchtime and dinner time, that you guys get those lunch and dinner rushes where there is a lineup. How do you guys, how do you handle that? Yes. That's got to be a lot of pressure, <laughs> right? It is a lot of pressure. And when we started, just we have, it was just my husband, myself, my daughter helping out. Now we have more people helping. And the hard part for us is making the tortillas. <laughs> we make the tortillas by hand. Right, and you make them right there, right as, there. as someone orders. That's yes. when it's made, and that's when yes. you know it's put together, yes. and there yes. you go, right? And it's why sometimes uh, we we try to be ahead, but sometimes we can't. Right. And always we do things faster than we can. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's got to be tough. It is tough. Right. Yes, it's very, when you feel <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> Everybody get moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, who yeah. was the young lady that made my stuff, my food, when I remember when I came back there the other day, who was that making my uh, my taco? The tortillas? Yes. Uh, she's Sara, yep. and she's from Guatemala. Oh, she's very nice. I yes. like her. Thank you. Um, and she's been f- with us for almost three years. Yep. Yes, and... Something that also I like about BMC is that we are building one good teamwork. Mm-hmm. And when we have to do things fast, everybody is doing their job. Yep. Yeah, Let's also we done. do weddings. Oh, do you? Yes. <laughs> it was so fun. It's nervous, but we really enjoy that. Yep. Be part of the big events. Yep. It's very nice. Do you cater other kind of events? Yes, we do. Hmm. How do people, so if, let's say I wanted you to cater, I just contact you and work out the details? Yes. Okay. And depends what you want, but it can be the salad, the soup, and the tortillas, yeah. the, the tacos, sorry. Yes, just the quesadillas, no. It's uh, very hard to make them for a large right. quantity, yep. for a large group, but the tacos and all the stuff, we can handle very well. Right. Let's give some people basic information as uh, like uh, w- where you're located and what your hours are. Okay, we are in 722 Osborne Street and uh, our operations hours are Monday to Saturday, mm-hmm. 11.30 to 8 yep. and Sunday, 12 to 6. All right. See, that was painless. We're done now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having us. All right, no problem. All right. It was Try a good be... experience. <laughs> What's that? It was a good experience to good. be here. <laughs> yes. I was nervous. Now I'm okay. And then now you're good. All yeah. right. That's perfect. I'll make sure we'll have you back. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> that was Betty, the owner of the BMC Market located at 722 Osborne, talking about what they do best. And coming up after the sports news and weather, Nils and Vanessa from Parlor Coffee on Main Street and Little Sister Coffee on River Avenue talk about their coffee shops and what motivated them to open them. This is the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the main ingredient. I am Kevin Bergen. Coffee has become a luxury many of us cannot do without. And there's far more to coffee than I ever imagined. So Nils, the owner of Parlor Coffee on Main Street, and Vanessa, the owner of Little Sister Coffee, are here to talk about why they opened their shops. Nils, you're up first. How does a person with a degree in environmental design and architecture end up owning a coffee shop? Well, uh, I suppose it would just be an obsession with coffee that started in around 2008. And it just grew and grew until 
my wife had no more counter space in the kitchen <laughs> and I was forced to open a coffee shop. So you weren't just obsessed with drinking coffee. You were obsessed with making it, brewing it. Correct. Yeah. I've never been like a caffeine addict per se. Um, what got me interested in coffee was the range of flavors that could be brought out of coffee. Um, things that I never knew existed prior to just downing coffee with cream and sugar in different social settings. So You started so late. Right. Yeah. I was never interested in coffee as an energy source. I never found the flavor to be interesting or palatable until I visited a shop in Montreal that kind of knocked my socks off. And then I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of specialty coffee. <laughs> what did they do differently? Well, for one, I think, well, back then I didn't know what it was. You know, I just had, I had this drink in Montreal called an Allonger, which is a long espresso with a bit of steamed milk. And I didn't know what they had done. But as I started to uncover more about the coffee industry, the specialty coffee industry is what kind of sets, I think, the flavor drastically different um, com compared to what you're used to getting at big chains or the grocery <laughs> store. Um, 2008, on a school trip when I was studying architecture, um, we had a one-week trip in Montreal, and they served really great coffee, and I'd never had it before. So I just started looking more into how I could have that back at home, and it was harder than I imagined, which involved opening a shop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what made it, okay, so you come back to Winnipeg, yeah. you realize there's there's nothing here like what you've experienced in, in other places. Yeah, like you, you could get a coffee, it might be fine, um, or the ambiance was lacking, or not to, you know, what I was looking for. And so, yeah, those kind of frustrations and kind of gap in the market, as you could say, is what led me to to pursuing that. So you decided, you come back home, you've already got a great job. Mm -hmm. And you realize that you want to do this. Like at what point did you realize, you know, you're, you're, like you said, you're kind of messing around in your kitchen with different things and different coffee experiments and brewing and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, like I worked for EQ3 for a couple of years doing product development and got to travel quite a bit. Right. And so I would experience these great coffees and great shops in other countries and other cities. And that's kind of what kind of fueled me to be like, why don't we have what I want in Winnipeg? So... It was just kind of an accumulation of either frustration or desire. <laughs> okay, let's talk about parlor coffee. Sure. Um, let's explain what parlor coffee is. Parlor coffee is a 400 square foot tiny specialty <laughs> coffee shop beside the Woodbine Hotel on Main Street between Bannatyne and McDermott. We opened in 2011 and we basically just make coffee every day, except Sunday. We take that day off, but... Uh, yeah, we don't make food. We only focus on doing coffee really well. Well, it's like it's got to be good if you just choose to do one thing and, you know, you've been around for four or five years now, right? Yeah, it'll be five years in September. Um, I'm a firm believer in just doing one thing really well as mm -hmm. opposed to a bunch of things okay. Right. Okay, so back when you opened, there really wasn't any specialty coffee shops kicking around. So what made you think that this one would succeed? in that area like the exchange was it's grown quite a bit now like things are just spreading out like crazy it, it is what everybody or at least some people knew it 
could be now. It seems to be going in that direction in a mm-hmm. lot of good ways. Um, what made you think that you this business would succeed, and especially in that area at that time? Well, I didn't really know it was going to succeed. I had a hunch just based on research in other, in other cities and mm-hmm. other precedents around the country. But, I, you know, I was... I was under 30 and I thought if you're going to make a huge mistake and go bankrupt, do it before you're 30 <laughs> and then you can you can bounce yeah, back yeah, later. Right. So I didn't really know, but I was just going to give it a shot and try to do it as limit the amount of risk as much as possible, which is why we wanted a really small square footage, you know, to make sure that our overhead wasn't outrageous because you need to sell a heck of a lot of coffees to pay your rent. So volume's important and things like that. So, yeah. All right. So a couple of years later, you roll ahead. Vanessa, sister-in-law decides, Hey, this is going okay. You like you, you worked there for a bit, right? At parlor. Yeah. Right. So what was your, um, what was the point that you decided, you know what, I'm going to open another one. I think that I had, I think that Nils knew that I, um, had intentions of opening a coffee shop, even, since the early days of parlor mm-hmm. um and nils and i have worked really well together and we i think see eye to eye on a lot of things and so when it was becoming the right time for me to kind of do a new shot it made sense for us to do it together All right so okay yeah. what, what about the location you guys are on osborne mm-hmm. and i asked you guys this question before um why there and like you guys are on opposite ends of town Maybe kind of the same concept, but different areas are different coffee shops, no matter you know what you try to do. So how is that one different compared um, to Parlor? When Little Sister was just kind of in the early stages, even just kind of thinking it up, Nils and I both lived in Osborne Village. Um, I have lived in, or I lived in Osborne Village from when I was 19 until just recently. Um, Nils also lived in Osborne Village for a number of years, and that was something that we found was lacking in the neighborhood. The neighborhood is great. It's like super dense. Um, It has many things that contribute to a great neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Grocery store, a bank, the MLCC, great restaurants, (laughs) great shopping. Liquor, booze, money. (laughs) Well, I mean, it has most things that people want in a in a neighborhood close to downtown, but a great coffee shop was not one of them, so we thought... This is what we would want. Let's right. do it. Yeah. What do you guys consider to be a great coffee shop besides great coffee? Well, I think a number of things contribute to a great coffee shop. I think excellent coffee is definitely an important factor, but mm-hmm. um, the overall experience being service and environment, those play a huge part in, in what makes a great coffee shop, mm-hmm. we think. You guys don't have Wi-Fi in your shops, right? We have Wi-Fi at Little Sister. Okay. Yeah. You don't have Which, Wi-Fi parlor? Correct. We don't. Yeah. And then the reason for that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One was that I wanted the experience to be one of kind of community engagement to a, per, to a certain degree. And that I, I really wanted to avoid just like kind of laptop zombies and people not talking to one another and so one way to do it was just to well we don't have wi-fi so if you're going to hang out here you're going to be talking so it adds to the vibrancy mm-hmm. of the space so it's quite participatory in that way um and from like a, a business standpoint you know 
people camping out all day is not great <laughs> for, <laughs> for revenue, right? <laughs> but first and foremost, it actually was based on a philosophy of how we wanted the shop to feel. Um, it might come across as just dollars and cents, but I think people get it now. And they, most people appreciate it when they say like, oh, yeah, you don't have Wi-Fi? That's fun. Um, but I don't think you can apply that rule to every single shop. Right. And so that's why at Little Sister, it makes sense that there is Wi-Fi. You know, there's more seats. It's in a neighborhood. It's in a not in a business district per se. So you want to have people hanging out. So I don't... I think that's what's so great about our shops is that they are tailored to their neighborhoods and it's not sort of like a one size fits all. Like I really don't think it would be a good idea to just plop a bunch of parlor coffees all over the city or all over the country. They've got to be tailored to their, their community base. Right. Wherever you are, as you kind of change the formula to wherever you're, whatever kind of customer is coming in, right? Yeah, totally. Since Nils has a degree in environmental design and architecture, I'm sure he had a master plan on how these coffee shops were to look and feel. We'll talk about that when we return with more from Parlor and Little Sister Coffee after the break. Parlor Coffee on Main Street and Little Sister Coffee on River Avenue are who I'm talking to today. Nils owns Parlor and Vanessa owns Little Sister. So I'm wondering, how did the design of the shops come to life? Did you guys design them together? Yeah, I mean, Parlor is completely Nils' design. Um, so maybe you want to speak to that. Yeah, like I was definitely influenced by one cafe in particular that I really liked uh, in London called Fernandez and Wells. And I was drawn to that cafe even before drinking coffee. Um, and so like my background is in environmental design, architecture. Uh, so the, the space is quite minimal. Um, it tries to utilize the 400 square feet as best as possible. And it's pretty bare bones. Didn't want it to be flashy. Wanted parlor to kind of be a kind of a form of respite from kind of a visually busy world that we live in so you know we have one piece of art on the wall at all times and we have a very minimal menu we don't have any like flashy sale posters or anything like that just the idea is a, a refuge in a way um Right, which is almost, again, to, to people that are connected all the time, it's almost shocking at first to go in and see that, but then the reason becomes clear after you're you're in there for a while, right? Yeah, I, I'd hope so, yeah. <laughs> um, you also, it's kind of funny, people that I interview have degrees in certain things or, you know, intended to do an, another thing, and you also, French studies, BA in French studies? That's right. And now you're a coffee shop owner. That's right. <laughs> Which, which I think is awesome. So did that ever come into your mind that, hey, you know, maybe I want to do something else or this was just a natural progression? You knew that, hey, I'm doing this. This was a natural progression. Um, my mother always reminds me that education is never a waste. So mm -hmm. I don't feel badly <laughs> a Bachelor of Arts in something unrelated to my career choice. But mm -hmm. my first job was in service and I have had service jobs my whole life. So for me, the coffee shop thing... Um, it kind of satisfies a number of my interests, I would say. So service being one of them, I really like working with people, meeting new people and providing hospitality to to those who enter my coffee shop or even when I worked at other cafes and restaurants. Um, I get a lot of joy from interacting with people and having a nice time. For a while at Parlor, I think like 90% of our staff 
it makes it sound big. We only have like eight staff, but pretty much everyone had a degree in something, but we we're all just jazzed about making coffee. And Which so is, that's hilarious. I right? would say like the, like such amazing conversations would happen when you have someone who's got like a degree in theology, one in architecture, um, you know, French literature, bachelor, whatever it is, you know, you throw a bunch of people with a couple of degrees in the room and it can be a lot of fun, mm. you know, because we, we serve every type of person at, at the shop, whether they're a judge or a bike messenger, um, someone who may be down on hard times and is homeless or someone who's an astrophysicist. So it's kind of fun that you have like a, a broad spectrum of education with a broad spectrum of clientele. It makes for a fun day. Let's talk about the roastery. Sure. How did that come about? From an outside perspective, it does sort of make sense to Mm -hmm. go from coffee shops to coffee roasting. I don't think either of us had really planned to do it this soon, but it it was a great opportunity. So we had become friends with this coffee roastery in Minneapolis called Dogwood Coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a couple of shops too. So on our trips to Minneapolis to go to shows and eat at restaurants, we frequented those coffee shops and became friends with them in person, but then also through social media. Um, so they had mentioned a trip to Winnipeg to come check out what was going on coffee-wise and visited Parlor and visited Little Sister. Um, and there had been talk of them having interest in roasting in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, so after their visit, which we just got along super well with them while they were here, just connected on a number of levels, like coffee-wise, but then also found out we had similar kind of upbringings and, yeah, just like really clicked on yep. a personal and professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we continued kind of our friendship with them, and they proposed the idea to us of roasting in Winnipeg together. So Nils, myself, and our other partner, Chad Ermel, he owns Flatland Coffee in Gimli. Right. Um, so the three of us and them would kind of partner together. And yeah, it made a lot of sense for us to move forward with it because we do have these coffee shops that need coffee to keep on rolling. So yeah, yeah it just like, it seemed very organic the way that it all mm-hmm. happened. Like you guys were using the product already. You were buying from there already? We were not. No, so we, at Little Sister, we have attempted to work with American roasters, but Mm -hmm. it is not a very easy thing to do just because of the border and the American dollar. It's it's just a little bit tricky, Um, especially with our kind of focus and emphasis on freshly roasted coffee. It if it shows up a few days late, that throws off super regular orders. So. Um, yeah, we, we hadn't worked with Dogwood based on the fact that they were in Minneapolis, even though it's so close to Winnipeg, it, yeah. it had to cross that border, which made it really difficult. But again, we really liked their coffee and, and they had, they had suggested to us like, Hey, why don't you guys use, use our coffee? And we were like, we can't use your coffee. You're in the States. Yep. <laughs> um, so I think that's what also pushed this partnership along a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the roastery is located where? located at 171 McDermott um, in the Exchange District. Right. So you guys, how, how do you split your time now between the roastery and the two coffee shops? Right. Well, with a new project like anything, we're pretty much right into this one pretty deep. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much all of our time is, is spent uh, working on the roastery right now. And then the other couple hours left in the week, obviously, 
are we're tending to the coffee shops as well, but we've got an amazing staff at Little Sister and Parlor. Right. So yeah, you'd have to now, especially. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh. So we'll we'll keep at it at this for a while, and then see when we can start stepping back and doing something else, or maybe we've had enough growth at this point. Okay, let's give some basic information on where your coffee shops are located, the hours, and um, wrap it up. Sure, yeah. So Little Sister Coffee Maker is located at 470 River Avenue in Osborne Village. We're open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday and from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Your turn. Parlor Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Me, not me. (laughs) Parlor Coffee is located at 468 Main Street between McDermott and Bannatyne. We are open 7 to 5 Monday to Friday. Nine to five on Saturday, and we are closed for all holidays and Sundays. Roger that. Thanks, you guys, for coming in. I appreciate Thanks for it. having us. All Thanks right. a lot for having us. That was Nils and Vanessa from Parlor Coffee on Main Street and Little Sister Coffee on River Avenue. Great to have them stop by. And thanks to Betty from BMC Market at 722 Osborne for talking in the first half of the show. The main ingredient also exists on iTunes and Google Play, so if you miss an episode and you want to catch up, that's the place to do it. I'll be back next week with another exciting episode of The Main Ingredient here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.